Are you ready to live the all-in life? Then welcome to the All-In Podcast Show, sharing the defining moments of impact-driven entrepreneurs, industry pioneers, and transformative leaders as they showcase their defining moments and went all-in on their business and found true success. From the early steps in their journey to the moment they truly took their commitment to their life and business to another level, we'll give you the insight you need to go all-in on your dream life. Now here's your host, Daniel Giordano. Welcome to the All In Podcast Show. Today, I'm excited to uh, share a story, and I'm sure there's like some really cool stuff that I haven't dug deep into yet, but I'm, I'm interested in hearing uh, your journey and how you wound up in this industry. Jason, Earl, welcome to the show. Thank you, man. Daniel, it's been, uh, I'm, I've been excited to, uh, to, to join you here today. All right. Well, um, tell me a little bit about your background, like where, you know, like kind of, you know, from childhood, like where did you grow up? And then we'll dive into, you know, connecting the dots here. Sure, sure. Uh, well, I, uh, I grew up in um, a little town next to Princeton, New Jersey, called Princeton Junction, about an hour outside of New York City, about uh, an hour outside of Philadelphia, actually eat the distance between the two. Um, and uh, on a little non-working farm uh, where we, uh, we had a bunch of rescued animals. And um, it was kind of a, a, a little boy's dream, really. We had horses and goats and, and rabbits and dogs and all sorts of good stuff. Uh, on five acres and I spent most of my time outside as a kid um, you know I didn't have any siblings that were close in age I had an older sister nine years older and, and some younger siblings that came much came much later but uh, but it was it was great and uh, for, for the most part I mean the when I say that I have you know we tend to have very selective memories and, and I and I am an optimist so I tend to to to, to uh, reflect positively upon my history uh, I you know the, the the reality of it was that I spent a lot of time outside as it turns out because the inside wasn't wasn't so great now, family dynamics were one thing, but also the house was just, it, it was, it was an old farmhouse and we had the animals use the, the basement as a, as a, as a litter box half the time. And it was just a really, in terms of hygiene, my parent, it was low gene. <laughs> it wasn't hygiene. And uh, so around uh, the age of four, um, I uh, suddenly lost a lot of weight and I was having difficulty breathing. And uh, my parents brought me to the pediatrician who said, no, you need to take him to children's hospital. Um, which is in Philadelphia, and it's a very well-known uh, respiratory uh, hospital. And uh, they initially diagnosed me with cystic fibrosis, uh, which is a devastating diagnosis, uh, um, especially then. It was a death sentence back then, but but also because my father had four cousins who died of CF before the age of 14. So they, they came home uh, and cried for six weeks, uh, at which point they had a second opinion, uh, who, which, and, and they said, good news, no cystic fibrosis. Uh, he has asthma and it's compounded by pneumonia. And when they tested me for allergies, uh, they, they did this. I don't know how they do it now. And this is one of my first memories. Uh, it, 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 I was in a straight jacket for toddlers, like a papoose with an open back. And they drew a grid on my back and then did all these skin tests. And uh, I tested positive for every single allergen uh, that they could put on me. Uh, grass, wheat, corn, eggs, dogs, cats, cotton, soybeans. And I, I conveniently... Grew up on a, like I said, a small, not working farm surrounded by grass, wheat, corn, eggs, dogs, cats, cotton, and soybeans. Soybean fields, as far as you can see, uh, corn fields, as far as you can see. And uh, those are, by the way, all McMansions now. So things have changed. But nonetheless, uh, I, I spent most of my childhood living on inhalers. Uh, and again, running around outside. For some reason, outside air, you know, didn't really get to me so much. I had a lot of rashes and things like that, but the, uh, and a lot of itchiness. But the uh, indoor environment was, was, uh, was unappealing. And I had no idea really why. Uh, 
And uh, so anyway, long story short, my, my folks split up when I was about 12, which turned out to be great for everybody. Uh, I moved out of that house. All my symptoms went away. Uh, and I never thought about it again until many years later. So in the years that, that, that followed, at around the age of 14, my mom didn't handle the divorce well or the, or the, or the, or the substance behind the divorce. Uh, and she committed suicide when I was uh, almost 14. And uh, that, that actually turned me into a, a devout optimist. That actually has, has turned out, believe it or not, in a very, uh, you would never have, have imagined what that did for me. It changed my life in the most positive ways. It really woke me up to, um, to our, our locus of control over our attitude and how we perceive the world. Um, and she had lost perspective. And I quickly, for whatever reason, I was, I was I happy to be experimenting with psychedelics at the time quite a bit, if you want to call it experimenting. Um, and and but I, I, during that period of what most people will call trauma, I found tremendous insight. And, and I was free from, from the need to be attached to that. And I recognized that um, what she had done was, was, uh, was something that ultimately was within her, her you know, it was, it was within her right, it was her right to do. But what it did was it cemented my perspective that, uh, that, uh, well, first of all, I do believe in, in retrospect that it, it, it was a gift. Um, I would do anything to have her back. But at the same time, uh, I wouldn't try to rewrite history because what that did was it opened up just it, such, uh, uh, it opened my life in so many ways. And so about a year later, I got Lyme disease. Um, and uh, so the combination of losing my mom suddenly and having Lyme disease caused me to miss a lot of school. And I was essentially uh, asked to, quote unquote, slash forced to, to drop out of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, they came in one day and kind of pulled me out of class and said, Hey, you know, you've, you've missed too much school so far this year, and you're going to have to repeat th- this year or, uh, or maybe consider an alternative. And so I, I saw the opportunity because I was not happy with school at all. Uh, I saw the opportunity for me to drop out. And I called my father from the payphone and said, Hey, do you, uh, I'm ready to drop out. I need you to sign me out. And he's like, great. I knew this call was going to come one day. And, uh, and so I said, no, listen, here's the deal. They want me to stick around for the rest of the year and then come back again. And I'm not going to do that. So if you come down and sign me out, I'll go get full-time hours at the gas station where I'm working part-time now and I'll save money, get my GED and start college a year early. I'll leapfrog this thing. And my dad's a little bit of an anarchist. So he, he supported that. And he was down within 10 minutes, signed me out. And I was walking across the parking lot with him back to the car. And he said, where are you going? I said, I'm going home with you. And he said, like, hell you are. You're going to work. You're in a man now. Let's go. So I walked down to the gas station and walked into the main office. And I said, hey, Patty, she's the owner. Said, uh, I uh, just dropped out of school. I need some more hours. And she goes, great. I got another loser here. And I said, no, no, no. Let me explain. I told her what I just told you. And she said, oh, well, in that case, here's your shift. And she fired the guy that was on the pump that minute. And she handed me his money. She said, you're going to finish the rest of this shift. And by the way, you're on the schedule for tonight. Uh, and so uh, that began, I began, I, I started a morning shift immediately. And within a couple of weeks, I was working, doing, a, I was always checking a tire pressure. By the way, New Jersey is the only place where you can't, uh, pump your own gas. Right. So it, it's an op- it's like a mo- it's like a it's like a it's like a non-union uh but it's a mafia. It's a, it's a gas station <laughs> mafia. And 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 thank goodness for that. Uh cuz I was checking, you know, oil and and, and replacing windshield wipers and, and all that good stuff and I was making more money in tips than I was uh with my hourly whatever it was, $6.75 back mm-hmm. then. Uh and uh one guy came in with a flat tire on his BMW and uh his beautiful wife, big fat ugly guy with bad breath. And uh, so he knew he was doing something right. He was in business. And, uh, and he said, hey, kid, my tire's flat. Can you go over there? And I said, sure, but it'll be flat again if you don't do anything to fix it. And he said, well, if you could, if you could fix it fast, there's money in it for you. Okay. So pull over there and I'll be right over. So walk up and I can see a nail sticking out. So I repaired it in a couple of minutes, put some air in it and said five bucks. Put some cash in my hand and drove away. And uh, when I looked at my hand, it was a $50 bill. 
And uh, so I thought, man, he, 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 he must have made a mistake. He'll probably come back for that, not realizing <laughs> it's just my small 16-year-old mentality. And uh, so I didn't see him for two weeks. I spent the money. Uh, and when, I, when he came back in, I said, hey, mister, uh, I don't know if you remember me or not. And he said, yeah, Jason, right? And I said, yeah. He said, you know, like how to win friends and influence people, right? First rule is remember people's name. He remembered my name, the kid who fixed his tire. I couldn't remember his name and he gave me 50 bucks. So I had some lessons to learn, right? Um, anyway, so, so I, I said, listen, I, I don't know if you, if, if you realize that, you know, I feel like you made a mistake, like I owe you a favor or something, you know? So you give, you give me a $50 bill for, for a $5 repair. And he said, I didn't have a hundred. I was like, well, if any, I feel like I owe you a favor. And he goes, kid, I would have been, I would have missed a meeting. It was a very good investment. If anything, I owe you a favor. And I said, well, what do you do for a living? He said, I work on Wall Street. And I said, well, how about get me a job? He said, well, you only get in life with you ask for. So uh, call me by 9 a.m. tomorrow. Don't ever bother calling me at all. So I went home to my father and, and, and he was, he thought, he thought, man, if you don't call him, you know, you're going to, you're going to regret this. So I called 8.59. I was worried about that 9 a.m. thing. So I called at 8.59. He answered and said, what are you doing today? And I said, I'm going to work. And he said, where? And I said, the gas station. And he said, wrong answer. And he said, I said, can we do that again? And he said, yeah. He said, what are you doing today? I said, going to work. He said, where? And I said, what's your address? And he said, 88 Pine Street, 10th floor. It's like, hangs up on me. And, I'm, I'm, and I had to go to the gas station. I had, I had other things to do that day. But I borrowed my, I, I put on my finest pair of jeans and borrowed my father, some uh, penny loafers from my father and stuff, tissues in the toes and literally just put, put on my finest pair of jeans for my Wall Street interview. <laughs> I didn't have a suit, you know? And I showed up and he was so surprised that I had shown up, so surprised that he just, he, he said, kid, most people don't show up. He said, 90% of success in life is showing up. And I thought that was his quote. Turns out it's Woody Allen, uh, <laughs> but it's true. And, uh, and you know, uh, he, he took me under his wing. I was 16. He, he gave me a shot. He trained me. Turns out I was working for a notorious penny stock firm uh, called Hanover Sterling, which is up there with uh, you know the Wolf of Wall Street. As they were mm. sort of contemporaries, um, and uh, and I learned I, I learned from the what not to do mostly there. But lo, lo and behold, I unknowingly within a year ended up with my Series Seven stockbroker's license and accidentally became the youngest licensed stockbroker in history with the Guinness World Record. So, um, so needless to say, that was that was not planned. I was not on that academic track for. <laughs> Uh, for Wall Street, you know, for, for making history on Wall Street. Um, and, I, and I had a great career. I, I left there. I saw, I saw behind the curtain and saw that was not a good place to be. And I spent nine years on Wall Street in the last two years I owned my own firm. Um, and that, that's when I, when the dot-com bubble burst and uh, the World Trade Centers uh, went down, uh, I uh, decided that I wanted to do something more meaningful with my life. And I went on walkabout. Uh, and while I was away, I put 20 pounds of stuff in a backpack. I, I was in Hawaii and I was reading a story about a guy who, gotten sick from the building, uh, from the hotel where he worked uh, on Oahu. Uh, it was the Hilton Kalia Tower and had been shut down for the mold remediation at the time. This is 20 years ago. So there was not even a mold industry to speak of, or even a, people really didn't even talk about this, but he had suddenly developed adult onset asthma, something I'd never heard of. Uh, and sensitivities, to all these foods and things that he had never had a problem with before. And for, I read that story and I thought, geez, I wonder if I, we had a mold problem at Old Trenton Road back at the farmhouse. You know, I never thought about that. You know, I wonder if that was, so I called my father from a payphone, which probably isn't there anymore and said, hey, do you think you had a mold problem at Old Trenton Road? And he, he laughed at me. He's like, Jason, we had mushrooms growing in the basement. Of course we had mold, why do you ask? And he just dismissed it. And I thought, well, do you, I said, do you, do you think maybe it, it, that might've been part of the issue that I had as a kid? You know, like, do you think that might've made me sick? He's like, well, it certainly didn't help. 
And it was just so, so funny to me that he was so dismissive that of course there was a mold issue. And of course that might've made you sick, but they either didn't have the ability or the, or the awareness. And, it, and by the way, they were also smoked indoors in the car with the windows closed with an asthmatic kid. And that was then, that was what parents did. It was not for lack of love. Right. It was just lack of awareness, you know? So anyway, that, 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 that light bulb went on. Uh, very brightly. And it, what, what immediately got me interested was, was how buildings impact people's health. Uh, and that's, that, that curiosity is what drove me ultimately to, to, to take a job in the mold remediation industry to learn the ropes uh, and then to create an inspection company to protect the consumer from what they were doing, where I, we pioneered the use of mold sniffing dogs, which is a, another story for another podcast. Uh, and that, that levered, that put us on Good Morning America and Extreme Makeover Home Edition and thousands of newspapers and magazines. And that became 1-800-GOT-MOLD, our mold inspection company. Uh, and then uh, long story short, that's been a long time I've been doing, it's, just, it's a high-end service business. The average inspection is around $1,500. And so for, for years, it's bothered me that most people can't afford it. Uh, and that, that, that I always felt that healthy indoor air should not be cost prohibitive. And that families, I created this company to help families avoid going through what my family did. And yet I created something that was out of reach financially and also that was regionally sele selected. And so we, about four years ago, put the, put, put the wheels in motion. Well, it's been much longer than that, but really doubled down on our efforts uh, to create a do-it-yourself test kit that would allow concerned consumers to use the same professional devices, but without the aggravation and costs associated with finding and hiring a professional. Right. Uh, and so we did that through the GotMold test kit, which is now available at gotmold.com. Uh, and so for between 150 and 250 bucks, you can now test the air in your house for mold uh, without any of the without any of the nonsense. So my parents could have afforded that and probably would have bought that uh, if, if they had thought that their house was making their kids sick. So um, in any case, that's what brought me here today. Daniel, thanks for asking. Uh, and that's yeah, and that's awesome. And you covered like the whole journey there in one breath, right? So, <laughs> so <laughs> right? yeah, um, but you know, just it's interesting to see how you know a childhood problem came back into your life, you know, and that was the cause for, you know, for you to go out and do what you're doing now, right? And, and helping people realize that there's these unknown things, right? Uh, that, you know, most people wouldn't even think of, right? That could be the problem, Indeed. right? Indeed. Yeah, no, I, I look at, I, I, I've actually made a career, I've made a life out of taking the things that were struggles for me and in, in learning how to overcome them, uh, create an opportunity to pay that forward. I'm also a recovering alcoholic, which is something that, that I, I talk very openly about. Uh, and I'm very active in the, in the alcohol and, and the drug recovery space because it's something that is a, it's, 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 a, it's something where people require the connection and, that, and, that, and mold, believe it or not, falls into a similar category. People struggle, it, it makes their house un, uninhabitable. It creates so much anxiety and fear. It, 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 it unseats their, their uh, their, their feeling of safety and peace of mind. And so, so my, my experience has been that you, if you mine your history uh, for the gold that it is, you know, then that, that to me, that's alchemy, you know, taking the, these things that were based on these heavy things like let and turning them into gold. Right. That's good. And so interesting that you bring up the alcohol thing, right? So, and I know that that's a form of sedation, right? For many, especially when you're an entrepreneur and you're stressed and you feel like you need to unwind and unplug and, you know, and, and that's, you know, I, I jokingly say this, but there's some seriousness in it is like, you know, the reason I stopped drinking, right. was simply because when I'm all in, like it's why well, just have one, right. Like, you know, it's like, so, that's right. so, um, 
So re reality is like, you know, it goes both ways here, right? And, and, but really, you know, what you just touched on there around being able to go and help people overcome these challenges and the things they're struggling with, right? Well, uh, and I'm just curious now about what, what stage, you know, where did alcohol play the role in your life? You know, was it? Where did it not play a role, really? Right. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, I actually have a really great relationship with alcohol now. Uh, a lot like if you have an amicable, amicable divorce, you know, mm -hmm. Uh, but it, it was, it was not like that forever. In fact, when, so my, my parents, everyone in my family, alcoholics through and through. Um, and, uh, and so I, at the age of 13, uh, had already had enough problems drinking. One of my friends almost died during a party, uh, that I had brought alcohol to, uh, and, and I stopped drinking, uh, at 13. Uh, that was my first, uh, last day. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I, and I, and then I went to wall street. Uh, and, and I was quickly, uh, introduced to lots of different, you know, accelerated, uh, 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 mind altering substances of every sort and kind and great volumes. Uh, and, uh, and there, nobody said no then. Uh, and it's for me to fit in was very, it was very clear. So I, I was able to meter it and keep it under control, uh, in, until I was about 20, 21. Uh, and then, uh, then it started accelerating again and I started having problems, uh, but I was making a lot of money. You know, I mean, I, when you're in your twenties, you're making a hundred grand a month. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, that cover that you, you feel pretty empowered, uh, right. and you can throw money at problems and these things hide a lot of sins. And, mm -hmm. uh, and, and I continued to have all the issues. I had DUIs, everybody had a DUI in my twenties, uh, that was, I, I, that I didn't think was real. You know, in other words, it was like I was sleeping in the car. So I invalidated that all these excuses to come up with all that stuff. And then it continued to, to, to get worse and worse. Uh, and eventually it got to the point where I was, uh, I was physically dependent. I, I was unable to, and I discovered the morning drink, uh, which was, uh, which was medicinal at the time. Uh, and I had no idea that what that was really doing. And I, and I, and it took me years, uh, to, of, of false, of, of broken promises to myself, uh, and others, uh, that that ultimately I was able to to put down uh, alcohol for the, finally about four years ago, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and it's been the single most powerful thing that's ever happened to me. Uh, and I look back at, at alcohol with gratitude. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it humbled me. You know, when they say it brings you to your knees, I never realized that it brings you to your knees. Well, it, maybe it maybe it'll teach you how to pray. <laughs> you know, for me, I didn't realize that that metaphor that what that term really meant for me. But it brought, it brought me to my knees. Uh, and, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it helped. And fortunately, uh, in the years that have followed, my, I, I was able to dedicate all this energy towards a cause where I help every, you know, doing well by doing good. I also have two little boys in diapers now, totally sober babies, which is the most wonderful thing ever. And I've broken a cycle, uh, mm. uh, you know, and I, and I intend to keep it broken. Uh, and right. so, yeah, the, it, it has been, it was an impart, important part of the story to accelerate my wisdom. Right. Right. And that's good because I think, you know, people listening to this, you know, sometimes, you know, they may look at the success and the things that you've done as an entrepreneur, right. And, you know, maybe even causes that you support, right. But a lot of times people don't talk about the behind the scenes, you know, with the sedation, with alcohol, drugs, and the things that, that we go through that we, you know, may not share openly. Right. And I think a lot of yes. times, like we were talking about this earlier was, you know, sometimes people just don't open up and share the truth, right. Of like, look, it's not like this journey where it's like, you know, <laughs> everything's roses and peaches and rainbows, right? Uh, there's right. going to be challenges, right? And unfortunately, you know, in our culture today, it's easy to sedate with things, right? To, to try and avoid that pain, right? Or, you know, think we're helping by like, I'm just 
you know, this is helping me just chill for a while, right? And the reality is it's helping, it, it's covering up a problem, right? Um, yes, 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 yes. I, I, I'm reminded of a quote, which is uh, easy choices, hard life, hard choices, easy life. Right. And, I, and I think that, that our society, you know, again, having two boys in diapers, I look at how, how they've got a comfortable life. My life was, a cha- was, was challenging. They won. Uh, you know, I, 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 and I have consistently taken the harder road intentionally um, or preferentially. Uh, and, 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 and that's been something that's kind of like my hallmark as I always take the, the harder road. And I don't know if that's because of masochism uh, because I, because I, because I, 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 I prefer maybe to not be in crowded places. I don't know what it is, but, but that's, but that's been the case. And, and, and I look back at that now, I mean, even the idea of, you know, we, we live in a society where now we have such a, things are so comfortable for us that in order for us to truly be prepared for just any difficulty, you have to consciously put yourself in, 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 in pain, for example, cold water therapy or saunaing or whatever they can, or, or, or mountain, you have to do things recreationally to create pain because we don't have any natural right. sources of fear or pain that are proportionally uh, important enough to cause the kind of fear response we all experience, right? We all have this fear that we're going to die and be kicked out of the clan and, you know, <laughs> we're going to kick out of the clan and die because of a, a faux pas in an email or something like that. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, that fear is more appropriate for a saber-tooth tiger chasing you, you know, like, and we just don't have that. So we have to consciously put ourselves in harm's way uh, or, or in the perception of harm's way in order for to calibrate for a life where we're just so so things are so easy if you're honest with yourself um, compared to having to go out there and and get your food right not from from something other than a grocery store so i don't know i just i feel like uh um we 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 have we have to as a society get a get a grip on that because the reality is is that no growth and comfort are mutually exclusive growth and comfort do not coexist they don't. Uh, and, and I can show you how that, how I, how I every plant that, that from a seed that germinates goes against gravity. Right. Um, and if you grow us, if you take that same seed and you grow it in a greenhouse with no wind and this perfect climate, and then you open up the windows and a wind blows through it, it falls right over and it dies. You take that same seed, grow it on a cliffside, and it grows into this snarly, tough, weathered, hardy plant that deals with just about anything. Same DNA same dna right so yeah yeah so um so we'll get back to the mold stuff here right so i'm just curious right and now that you've been doing this for a while what what are some common things that you see because i because i could imagine like somebody that was going through what you went through as a youngster right as a as a kid not you know parents not knowing what the problem was right you're driven to help people you know not have these same issues right what percentage of people would you say you know have this experience where something is contaminating their air and their houses i'm just curious here okay well there's a there's that's a there's a there's a big question there because there's a big issue there that no one talks about which is that um smoking is down by something like 60 percent in, in the united states or from 60 percent of, of the population down to like 13 percent um since 1965 but uh but morbidity associated with respiratory illness is up 30 percent since 1965 so something's going on where we're doing less to harm our lungs, but in, in terms of obvious habitual stuff, but we're somehow or another, we're getting sicker. Well, we spend 90% of our time indoors. 
Uh, and that's a, that, that in and of itself is something that most people don't realize. We're so worried about the outdoor environment, but we spend very little time worrying about the indoor environment it's a, because we tend to be farsighted. Humans tend to not worry about things that are right underneath their nose. They tend to worry about things that are a little bit further away. And, um, you know, air is one of those things that you forget about uh, such that I can, well, how about this? How many times do you breathe a day? 21,000 times, 21,000 breaths. How many of those are conscious? Uh, and, you know, so, so, but if you don't have, air for three minutes, you're a goner, right? So we take these things for, it's this law of familiarity, whatever you're exposed to long enough, eventually you'll take it for granted, right? And so my, my whole job here is to raise awareness about this issue. And so what we tend to do is we tend to focus on areas where people are already very aware of this. And I bring this around for a reason. So if you look at the number of people that are affected by this, I would argue that out of the 300 some, some out of million Americans, about a hundred million are affected on an annual basis by, mold, either through health issues or property damage or both. Um, and so when it comes to health issues, about 24.6 million Americans have asthma, big chunk, uh, about 10 million of those are kids. And that number's up hundred percent in the last 10 years. EPA Berkeley Labs said about 24% of those cases are mold and dampness related. This is a big number. Uh, 37 million Americans have chronic sinusitis. And according to a 1999 Mayo Clinic study, 97% of those cases are mold related. So that's the biggest, that's the most prevalent long-term respiratory illness in America. And uh, you're talking about 11% of the population. Uh, and then there's all sorts of interesting stuff that's on the periphery that people don't think or talk about much. But the Brown University did a study and concluded uh, that uh, there was a direct correlation between mold and dampness indoors and depression. Um, and that's fascinating because uh, people don't talk much about that. But uh, but the reality is that the musty odor uh, has, been, has been linked to neurological issues. Um, in fact, exposure to the musty issue, musty smell as a child doubles your asthma risk later on in life. And uh, it's the number two predictor of childhood asthma behind maternal smoking. So must just the exposure to the musty smell. The thing about modern buildings is that they're built so tight for energy efficiency. And recently, well, I say recently, you know, and since, since, since we outsourced every single manufacturer, everything to China, all of our stuff is loaded with chemicals. So in addition to moisture issues that get in and cause problems and cause mold, and by the way, a mold problem is a moisture problem. So just be, let, everyone's worried about mold, but it's always a moisture problem. Uh, people worry about killing the mold. They worry about doing all sorts of things to the mold, uh, but they should really just be worried about fixing the water problem, whatever the moisture problem is first. Uh, and we can talk about, you know, about what to do with the mold, mold problem more later. But the bottom line is it's a pervasive issue and it's something that we're constantly being exposed to. And we're rebreathing that same air. And I would argue that what's happening here with, with the uh, increases in all sorts of cancer rates and autoimmune diseases and all these things is that we're, we're, we're living in a chemical soup inside these very tightly sealed homes. And mold just being one of the primary causes, it's the, it's the smelly thing that people, that's why people call us. But most of the time when we're in there helping people, we're looking more holistically in terms of the chemicals and the mold. Awesome. Yeah, it's good stuff. So I have a feeling we could do like a whole uh, three-day seminar on this, right? <laughs> so for sure, for sure. Yeah. So um, uh, I guess uh, you know, at this point, as we get ready to wind down, what what would be some things that you would say would be the common, you know, when somebody comes and finds out about your company, like, and they're struggling with these things, is there is there like a common like one, two, three step, you know, that you would take someone through that maybe you know trying to uncover like you know should I get a mold test, right? Without yeah, no, that's it. So we, we, we tend to break it down into if you see something, smell something or feel something, 
do something. So if you see something, that would be any signs of moisture issues, any mm -hmm. signs of staining, blistering pain, you know, any, any indication, any visual indication, any discoloration that might be speckled or spotted that can be uh, mold growth or the beginning of mold growth. If you smell it, the musty smell is a dead giveaway because uh, mm -hmm. mold can grow inside walls. The smell still comes through. Um, and so um, you, you, that, that smell is with, with great consistency, uh, uh, a, uh, a very powerful indicator of, 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 of mold, active mold growth. Um, and mm -hmm. so again, you're looking for the mold, you're looking for the moisture. Uh, and then if you feel it, so that would be anybody's experiencing symptoms. Uh, and mm -hmm. what I mean by that is people tend to have upper respiratory reactions. I tend to have like dermal or skin reactions, itchy eyes, things like that. Other people tend to have things like headaches, nausea, dizziness, fatigue, difficulty concentrating, more cognitive stuff. Um, and, but, but people who have a mold problem tend to know uh, that they do, or at least someone in the house tends mm -hmm. to know. And so what I always say is you should trust your intuition. Uh, mm -hmm. because the building is an extension of your immune system. It really is. It's an exoskin, an exoskeleton, if you think about it. And I encourage people to, to, to develop a more intimate relationship with the buildings that they live in. They, they depend on the building to survive, but you also are the building's immune system. It's your job to take care of that building, so it takes care of you. It's a symbiotic relationship, if you will. Um, but I always say, you know, trust your intuition, but, but get the facts. Um, so in other words, if you're concerned about mold, get, you should get yourself some humidity gauges. Uh, you should also consider if you're concerned about a mold problem currently, you should get yourself a test kit. We make a test kit. You can take a look at gotmold.com. Um, and uh, you also, there's a great product called uh, by, by a company called Home Air Check uh, that we recommend for VOCs, for chemicals. Um, but this is building science, not building superstition, right? So, you know, this is, this is, this is, this is a well, you know, th it's very confusing uh, to the consumer, but at the same time, it's, it, there, there's, this is the kind of thing where you want to get the facts. And, and, and if you want to get answers to this, you can go to gotmold.com. We've got a, a robust learning center. But I would highly recommend that if you have questions about this, don't go to Facebook. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, that, that's where you don't want to get answers to this because they tend to silo all the, the worst stories and all, uh, all, all, the, all the scariest stories. Uh, mm -hmm. But what we did for your, for your, for your people, uh, for, for your listeners, was uh, in order to, to, uh, um, to help any, any of your listeners who might be concerned about a mold problem, is we put together a, a welcome page uh, at gotmold.com, it's actually uh, slash all in for your podcast. So gotmold.com slash all in. And uh, there we have a, uh, a discount code, which is all in 10 for a 10% discount uh, off of any of our test kits. Um, and then also an ebook uh, called How to Find Mold, which answers a lot of the questions about, uh, you know, if you do see it, smell it or feel it, what, what you would do, including inspection checklists and things like that. Awesome. So one, uh, you know, I, d I definitely uh, appreciate you taking the time to, you know, share your message, right? In in an industry that, like, a lot of people would think, like, you know, what are we going to talk about with mold in a podcast, right? <laughs> right? And and I think, like, you know, when you listen to the story behind this, as entrepreneurs, business owners, as you know, human beings, right? We all have different struggles and things we we experience throughout our lives, and you know, what you're doing to impact people based on your childhood experience, right? Um, is helping others, you know, and having an impact on the world, you know, to help people live, you know, healthier lives, um, and and hopefully longer lives, right, uh, without ailments, right. So it's it's fun to uh, to see that because I never know where these are going to go, right. And there was, uh, you know, it was just really fun to hear your story, especially the alcohol thing. If you're somebody that's struggling with alcohol, um, you know, and you know that, like I've been there personally. I know when, you know, I've been off the rails and like, you know, I need to stop this. This is not supporting me. Right. Same thing you experience is like, you know, you get to a point where enough is enough. There's got to be a way to, you know, uh, to get out of this cycle. 
right? And break that chain, right? So, and now that you're raising kids, right, you get to set that example, you know, for the two young ones, right? As they're growing up to see, you know, like it doesn't have to be that way, right? So, yeah, so I appreciate forward. you being here. Any last thank minute, you. Word, you know, any last words, parting words? No, Daniel, just thank you for having me. Okay. Well, I appreciate you being here and sharing your message and uh, look forward to continued success and impact. Likewise. Thank you. We want to thank you for being all in with us on today's episode of the All In Podcast Show. For more information and resources based on today's discussion, as well as ways to connect to our guests, head to allinpodcast.com. That's available exclusively on allinpodcast.com.